welcome to Maddie's Mental Health Podcast, aiming to spread awareness on mental health by sharing the real life stories. I'm here with Fanya Berich, all the way from the down, the land of the down under. How are you doing? Good, thank you. How are you? Doing well, doing well. Um, it's evening time where you're at, and it's the morning here. How was, your, how was your day today? It was pretty great. I spent it with my daughter, so the best time. Oh, nice. Nice. Uh, we connected on Facebook. Um, and thank you for connecting and want to come on. You're doing some cool things. I'll let you introduce. Why don't you introduce a little bit about uh, what you're doing and what yeah. you do. And what you do. Thank you for having me on. Um, what I do is I'm a counselor, so a registered counselor in Australia, and I work with people all over the world in building or finding their self-belief. Um, because a lot of times, a lot of times, majority of the time, that is the thing that holds us back, that makes us feel stuck, that that leaves us with that emptiness that makes us, um, you know, that, that causes that fear is our lack of belief in ourselves, whether we can handle a situation or, um, you know, what what are the repercussions? And a lot of time that's, that belief is, is lost or, or taken in childhood so there's a you know everybody has a story and it comes from that story or many many stories in some cases um so i work with people in healing that and then finding their self-belief and i always say just watch the world change then once you have that that's awesome that's beautiful thank you um so let's talk a little bit about like your story i know that you have a story of your own what got you into counseling what got you into what got you on this path? Yeah. So I was, when I was five, a, a war started in my country. Um, and I'm from Yugoslavia. And um, it went on for about five years. And during that, there was a lot of, um, I guess, you know, survival and, and things like that. I, I, I've experienced a lot of abuse. And at the time, I didn't realize and it didn't have much of an effect or I didn't see what was happening. But not I didn't see. I, I certainly, I, I think the, the idea is that I didn't realize um, what was happening. It certainly didn't have an impact on me then. Um, and then funnily enough, once I came to Australia, um, there was still abuse there, but the idea of um, not having to run for my life was gone you know I was completely safe and all of these things and that's when the side effects started um really um it's when I noticed but at later time when I started seeking therapy that I had PTSD um always in fear always really um tired had trouble concentrating and things like that so um in my early 20s it was just everything got a little bit too much um, and I wanted to kind of end it. It was just everything was too much. I didn't know how to handle it. And I am from a country which I hear so often and many people are either from a country or from a family that go, we don't do therapy. I didn't even know what therapy was. So for me, there was no escape out of this because I was like, well, you know, I've had this for the last, what, 10 years of actually knowing it. It was, I probably had it in childhood. I just didn't realize because you know, I had everything, everyone was busy with everything else that um, I didn't have time, nobody had time to think about their feelings or focus on their feelings. Um, so in my early 
20s is when I really was like, I really need to start talk to someone. And I um, went through a few therapists and when I found the right one, and when I started healing all the wounds, and, and that's what, when my world started to change. And I was like, whoa, I, you know, everything just started shifting. And I, and I realized that I didn't have to feel the pain that I was feeling and I didn't have to go through what I was going through. So that's what I wanted to do for others. I think that's so awesome. Like to even just the um, starting from a point where like a family or even a country that like we don't do therapy to going through it and then even like becoming one yourself. It's almost like full yes. circle. Yeah. And yeah, it really was like when I went to therapy, I didn't tell anyone because um, I didn't know, I didn't actually know what, why it was we don't do therapy, we just don't. Uh, it, we're at the point where, and I'm not sure whether it exists now, but certainly when we were there, counseling didn't exist. There was psychiatry and there was certainly psychologists and they were working in hospitals with people who, um, you know, had trouble being in society, you know, if they had schizophrenia or things like that. Um, those you could call um, mental health issues. And that was where it stopped kind of thing. Um, so people who had trouble at home, marriage troubles, anything like that, you were just meant to deal with it. Tough, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> just meant to deal with it. Yeah. Figure it out on your own. You got it. Exactly. <laughs> Keep on keeping on. Yeah. Or just pretend it's not there. <laughs> That's another That's probably uh, avenue. Probably the most common, I'd imagine. Yeah, I, I would say so. And I think the today's life really unfortunately allows that because we're all so busy. And I think a lot of us, um, we get so busy and, and the idea of it is so we don't, because when we stop, we feel pain. And that's why a lot of people in the pandemic, in, in the pandemic felt pain because they had to stop. There was no running anymore. You had to be stuck in your house and you had to face your problems. And, you know, there was no running away from them. They were just going to come out and, um, in today's rat race, it is so easy to run away because yeah. there's always something to do. And we get that feeling of, um, we even praise people who are very busy, you know, because when you speak to someone, it's um, how I am busy. I'm so busy, you know, oh, it's always busy. Um, and it's kind of like a bit of a badge of honor. I'm so busy. I'm so important. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> You wouldn't believe how important I am. Yes, never exactly. have free time. Don't even don't even know what free time is. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I think that's very true. Um, and yeah, it's just so easy to get in like the in the state of like oh, like work all week, try to be as successful as possible, then maybe like have like a day of rest or like maybe you're doing activities and there's right back to the week and there's no like there may be all this and these are just like some of my thoughts and what I've seen, like even as a coach and stuff, but like 
you may have all these things that you have like over here, but it's like, you're just focusing on what's in front of you all the time. And it's like, you just keep pushing that back, pushing that back, pushing that back. Yeah. And if it does come up, because there, you know, there, there are times where when it comes up, it blows up. Yeah. So we blow up with it. Um, and, you know, and sometimes there's collateral damage and other times we're able to maintain it. We just blow up or we go on a drinking spree or we go do something crazy, midlife crisis, all of these things. Um, and so it's just enough to not allow it, you know, to, to for us to stop thinking. So mm. we just go as, as we go as big as it needs to be for us to stop thinking. And yeah. then when we get to that point, like I've stopped thinking, okay, now I can come back to my normal life or I can go right. to a life. Um that again just doesn't require me to feel it's not, yes i think the the word is to feel rather than to think yeah as long as i don't feel mm. because if i feel then i have so much to deal with mm -hmm. and that sometimes in itself the idea of dealing with whatever it is needs to, that needs to have deal dealt with is feels worse than I don't know. And I always say that um, whatever it is that you need to deal with can't be worse than what you've already gone through. Mm -hmm. Talking about it, thinking about it, feeling it can't be worse than you, what you've already experienced because it's a replica of what you experienced. Mm -hmm. And you've already gone through the experience. So you're stronger than you think you, you are because we're afraid of I won't be able to handle it. Mm -hmm. But if you've gone through the experience and you've handled it, talking about it, feeling it, expressing it in some way, that can't be worse. Right. Right. Yeah. I like that perspective a lot. Um, yeah, it's like, it's almost like a... It's like a painful thing that happened. It's like, you just, you just don't want to look at it anymore. But I think oftentimes like breaking it down, understanding it, feeling it, but I think like understanding it, that's the, the way out. And probably the, it's like the most daunting. It's like, you don't even want to look at it anymore. You just like, there's this painful thing. You don't want to look at it. Yeah. Because you've been running away from it for so long. And I think that again, in your, in our head, we created, and it probably is painful, and it and it was painful, uh, but you know, we created it bigger than the actual event itself, because then we attached a whole lot of things to it. And yeah, um, at the end of the day, we may not, you know, like um, because when I go through counseling, and and when I go when I counsel through uh, with people. I um I don't need to know the story necessarily. I don't need to know what happened. I definitely don't need to know the details. What I need to know is how you felt, mm. and what did that mean to you, and what beliefs or um, how is that now shaping your life? Mm. I don't need to know what happened. So, and when I tell that to people, that gives them a sense of relief mm. because for them to tell the story is very scary so therefore 
allowing them, you know, this, this, we can heal without going into the, the details, the, it's all about the feeling, because that is what's driving your decisions, that's what's driving you, your feelings, and that's what you're running away from. I'm curious, your process from that point, so you've identified the feeling, maybe it was an event, don't necessarily know the details, where, where does the, the journey go from there for people? Um, I like the process of we build that resilience when we stop running away. And so that process of sitting with the feeling or being with the feeling or being okay with the feeling, um, that's the next step. So what in whatever form that looks like, but the reason why it's chasing us is because we're running away. Mm. But, and our feelings is like, if you imagine you're in a pool and you'll have all of these, um, you know, those, the, those blow up bowls in the pool. Yeah. We're, we're just spending all of our energy, keeping it down. And there's <clears throat> hundreds of bowls and we keep swimming from place to place, trying to keep them all down. And this, these bowls represent our feelings and they come in different sizes and they represent this, you know, I guess the intensity of our feelings. And when we just spend all of our energy trying to keep control, so trying to keep them down. And that that's when they start bursting up because we're focusing on something else and another one pops up. But if we use that control and sitting with them, we just allow them slowly to pop up without any, so without any effort, without just being okay with it, what happens for people is usually then that feeling that they're running away from, it doesn't impact them as much. And the more, the more they're okay with it, the less it impacts them until it comes to a point that it doesn't impact them at all. And for me, certainly that was the case because with my story, I couldn't even start it without, you know, crying and just not, you wouldn't understand me of, you know, how much emotions I had behind them and um, how afraid I was. And now I can talk about my story without any emotion there. So that is me being okay with the emotions that I felt. And so rather than running away from them, it's kind of like befriending them. The analogy of like... Uh the monster in the closet comes to my mind for some reason. Mm. Like you're so scared of a monster in the closet and you just keep avoiding it. And then eventually you open the door, confront it, get used to it. And then all of a sudden it's like your friend. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's no longer scary or, and it, you know, it's certainly, um, it, I mean, there's definitely a version of that where you may feel the feeling again but it's as you said if you befriend that monster and if you all you know uh, if it becomes a dear friend if the monster is there it no longer bothers you you kind of like having it there because it reminds you of something mm. and it may remind you of your courage that you were able to face that monster mm -hmm. but it doesn't that monster being there doesn't 
run your life any longer. So I certainly make my decision based on um, what I have lived through, and we all do. But now, as you say, now that I befriended that monster, it comes from a place of um, what have I learned from it? Mm. As opposed to, I don't want to be in that situation again. So how do I make a decision to avoid that? You know, so don't, don't even come close to that. Mm. Right. Well, I think it's interesting, even like in your situation, becoming friends with your monster led you to do this, like help people do the same thing. Yeah. And you can understand them probably on a much deeper level if you, then it opposed to maybe that you never done that, that you never did that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because um, I think, and, and I was the same way, you know, when you hear, when you see someone that has succeeded in something that you're trying to do, whether it's a, um, a pop star or a celebrity or um, a sports person or something like that. I'm trying to be a pop star. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you kind of, uh, we dehumanize them because, you know, like we, A, we put them up on a pedestal mm. and B, we don't, um, we don't see the effort that went into getting where they are. We kind of, you know, they got there because of this. And it's some advantage that they have that we don't. And what I say, and, and sometimes when people uh, have a lot of pain and when they're thinking about healing it, you know, they, they're going, okay, well, you were able to do that because you have this advantage and I don't. And I, what I really want people to know and understand, there is really nothing special about me. There's nothing special that I had, you know, there was nothing, um, I had no advantage, I have no educated parents or, you know, or, or anything like that to, um, to help me in any way. You know, it was everything me by myself, step by step, a little bit by little bit. I didn't certainly go into um, a therapy and I was like, I need to want, I want to do this, 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 and this, and this, and two sessions later, I was done. It was two years of therapy and it's been, I don't know, decades of me still learning and still growing and still making mistakes and I still lose it and that's okay, but it's now me being comfortable with whatever life brings at me, whatever, however I react or act. Um, I'm comfortable with setting boundaries. I'm comfortable if I break those boundaries. Okay, I can deal with that. That's, you know... It's just having that self-belief and having that comfort in being in the mess of it. And, you know, so for anyone out there who's listening and thinking, I can't do it, don't focus on what you can't do. Focus on what you can do and do that little bit. And then another door will open and then do that little bit again. I really like that advice. A little bit at a time. I think like, I was just thinking when you were, um, when you were saying that, like the, the process of going to like therapy for a couple of years and then like decades of work, I think like people think of it like that, like when they're avoiding the monster, like, oh, this is going to be so much work. Um, mm. 
this is going to be such a big thing. And then maybe like, I think human nature is to stay in the comfort zone, right? So to like to face something that will be a lot of work, it's like, maybe it's just easier to stay distracted. Yeah. I would, if there was a monster in a closet and would, I, I guess the once you got over that initial fear and once you came back, you know, so you went there the first time you were okay and then curiosity and then you went back and then you were okay again. And, you know, you took a, a little step closer and that's what kind of therapy feels like as well. Um, the curiosity of it. And every time that you heal a little bit, you get that sense of liberty and freedom. And you get, you know, that sense of I did something. I faced a fear that terrified me, that stopped me, that did this, that did, you know, and that adrenaline rush. And so we keep coming back. So Certainly therapy is about facing whatever it is that needs facing, but there's every time you do, there is your body and our mind and thankfully rewards us every time we do it with good feelings and stronger stability and just being more grounded with who you are. And that feeling is addictive. Mm. And so that's why we keep coming back. So. Yeah. You know, it's not once you get to the end, that's when you'll experience all of this. You experience yeah. it straight away. Yeah. And it keeps growing as you keep going. Right. Yeah. No, I really like that. That's, that's a good point. That's a good analogy. It's like, yeah. I mean, you can't speak for everyone, but you'll feel better right away, right? Starting to, I mean, I think, I think about this a lot because I went to I started going to therapy um like six, almost seven years ago. And um like there's just often like people don't even like apart from like facing like everything we talked about, like deeper stuff, like things you have going on or facing the the monster. I think that there's not really an opportunity in life to talk to someone. Um, um just completely freely and someone that has zero attachment or judgment to your life. Like to actually just be able to talk to someone um, about what's going on, in the dialogue in your head, like to really talk about it. I think. Absolutely. That's huge. Yes. And I think a lot of people don't know how to handle it to, you know, to be honest, because if I tell you right now, Maddie, you know, I broke up with my boyfriend and, you know, he cheated and all of this stuff. Um, our first response out of love is, oh, don't cry. It's okay. It's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. We're trying to get rid of the feeling because we're not comfortable with the feeling. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, and then you walk away and, and he may feel, make you feel better in the moment, but then you walk away, you know, like, like there was something missing. Mm -hmm. There was a story that I heard or, or that I read, I can't remember what her name was, but she was a, she was either Miss America, she was either Miss World. Um, and she was 
very, so she, obviously she was a very beautiful, very attractive lady. Um, and it was, so, so she went through this beauty pageant and she, and she won um, to some extent. And um, it was sort of after the beauty pageant and why she started getting into um, uh, work of helping others and things like that. And this happens a lot, a lot of time with trauma that she remembered because um, oftentimes we forget about what happened and it's our way of prote uh, protecting ourselves. So our brain kind of forgets the, the trauma. She remembered that when she was a child, she was sexually assaulted. And um, it sort of really shook her and she went to therapy and she dealt, you know, she, she, she dealt with it, she healed. And she so she made it her mission to help children around the world um, to help them, you know, for, for, for girls who have gone through um, sexual abuse. And she was on a plane um, flying from one place to another um, to do this work. And um, she sat down in, in first class and she well, business class and she met this guy there. And he was trying to, because she was, as I said, she was very attractive. He was trying to hit on her and she was like, and he was like, oh, what do you do? And she was like, oh, you don't, you don't really want to know. And he goes, no, no, I want to know. What do you do? She goes, okay, well, I, the, the long story short, I was in the beauty pageant and I started doing all of this work. And through that, I realized that I was sexually abused as a child. So I went to therapy and I did all of this healing. And now I want to help others. And I, I want to, um, get, you know, help others in any way that I can. And the guy just went, um, um, and she goes to him okay so now what you're going to do is you're going to tell me I'm so sorry that you have gone through this and is there any way that I can help you I will and so he repeated that <laughs> and a lot of times the, the, the point of this story a lot of times is when somebody says something we don't know how to respond mm -hmm. and you know so that's where mm -hmm. um, and as I said um, before is we want to make the pain go away mm -hmm. so we want to know people's story but if we ourselves are not comfortable with our own feelings and if we ourselves haven't gone through the healing process we usually when someone comes us comes at us with something heavy not out of maliciousness it's out of pure love because we want their pain to go away please don't cry. It's okay. Things will be better. It's true. They will be, but at the same time, we can allow for that process of grief, of healing of whatever it is. Um, yeah, that makes sense. That really makes sense with like the, having done the work themselves. It's like, I can't, I don't know how to handle this or I don't want to look like almost like a mirror. Like, I don't want to think about this myself. Um, yes. I think there's also too, especially with, and I, you could probably speak to this well too, especially with like loved ones and close people that are close to you. Um, there's the differentiation, uh, differentiation between um, like listening and fixing. Like mm. when someone's opening up to you, like the initial instinct is to try to fix it. Yes. Which, like you said, like, um, I'm trying to get this feeling to go away or like, like try to give them advice. 
mm-hmm. um, like you should do this, this, and this, or like I write whatever. Um, and like just that understanding that like, okay, they just really need someone to listen to them right now. They don't really need, it doesn't really matter what I say. Like, you know, I don't need to have this elaborate response. It doesn't need to be in the depth that they are going to. It's just like, I'm here and I'm listening to you. Yes, a hundred percent. And it's kind of like that story of that guy not knowing what to say. And we don't, because we're not comfortable, we're not knowing what to say. So we say something. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I, if someone is coming to you with something, with something heavy, I urge you to be comfortable with that uncomfortableness mm. or at least to say that is so heavy i really don't know what i can do to help if there is anything please let me know and i just want you to know you know that i love you or i just want to give you a hug mm-hmm. and it's not fixing it not trying to make the pen go away it's just going this is messy and that's okay let's just sit with this being here for a little while as long as you need and i think that's where like a counselor therapist um can be very beneficial where it's like i you probably know this uh i think like you're not therapists don't treat their like any family like Mm. it's kind of like a rule Uh, and i heard of that before where it's like it makes so much sense where like you would give better advice to a stranger sometimes than you would to like your sister or someone you love or your, your spouse, because like their well-being is directly related to your well-being. So you get emotional and you try to fix it. Yes. So I think there's a lot of that when like you open up to like someone that's really close to you sometimes. Yes. And um it can yes absolutely so um it can be that again we we don't want to see to see the other person in pain nobody wants to see someone that we love in pain Mm -hmm. so we try and offer something that we think you know like i i I don't want to see you cry i don't want to see you in pain so is there anything i can do to make you go away and um but I don't, the goal isn't in that moment, the goal isn't to make it go away. Yeah. Because if something has happened that's, you know, like a long term relationship that has broken up, that's, you know, it's not going to go away within that moment. It's not going to go away that day. It's not going to go away that week. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And that's allowing that grieving time, allowing that process for us to go through that process and be there for that person um, as much as they can. But still also, and and this is important, um, thinking about what help, um, because not allowing them to wallow in that pain as well for a long period of time because that can obviously be um, damaging because it can lead to depression and things like that so it it is hard to find that balance between okay I want to let you be with that pain and I want to let you um, go through that grieving process but I don't want to let you go through that too long 
that you think the world, you know, you're thinking when something terrible happens, we think the world is over, you know, it's going to fall apart. Mm. And months later, you're still thinking the world is falling apart. Because mm. that's, you know, again, that's, the, you know, the, if the person doesn't want to go out and socialize, there's again, the signs of depression. And um, it's good to have, it, it's a, you know, to have family and friends that can pull that person out. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, I mean, I, I told this a lot on the podcast, but a lot of people that watch would know. But the reason I started this was because um, this podcast was because um, the girl I was dating committed suicide almost seven years ago, mm-hmm. and I, I wanted to create this podcast to like have people on share their story because what I noticed was that. Um, everybody felt like in my young life, like even before that happened, like everybody felt like they were alone. Mm-hmm. The only ones going through it. But um, in that grieving process, like just to what you just said there, like I remember there was like a tremendous amount of pain um, and the way I would think about it and looking back on it now is like, I, uh, I would have to take time to, to process it. And I would do that a lot um, and feel it and all that stuff. I needed to do that. But at the same time, I always like, if I could give advice to anyone or I could give thoughts, it would be like to just try to try always be trying to go like do what you can in terms of like something that's, like normalcy, like always, like, I remember I went to like dinner with my friends not too long after it went off and I, uh, it happened rather. And, uh, I just had to leave, but it was like, mm-hmm. I, but then the next time I could stay, you know? So it's like always just trying to do as much as you can and, and understanding that like, it, it might be l- like a lot less than it was before, but just trying to do what you can. And then over time, like, you know what I mean? Like, um, hang out with your friends for a little bit, if you can hang out with your family always trying to do what you can opposed to just isolating all the time yes a hundred percent so um that first one you probably you probably had to push yourself because i'm sure you you weren't feeling up to going out out to dinner but um and as you said you had to leave early and sometimes you do have to push yourself one of the ways that um i suggest and it really has a great impact on people is thinking about so whatever has happened, um, thinking about how you can serve others with that, and it could mean volunteering, you know, or it could mean, you know, whatever it is, or you know, if you can't do it within that space, thinking about, okay, who, is there anyone out there that I can help? Because I'm feeling a lot of pain right now, and there are other people feeling pain, and I can't make my pain go away, but maybe I can help with someone else's pain. Mm-hmm. and that helps us to go out there sometimes go out of ourselves mm-hmm. and we are all we're humans that require connection and we mm-hmm. need connection and I think for anyone who has ever helped anyone you know that there is no greater joy of pain when you can be of service to someone mm-hmm. So if we can do that, I think it's a beautiful thing and it can 
helps us. While helping someone else, it helps us as well. For sure. I really like the saying, uh, the gift is to the giver. Mm, Yes. I really like that. I had a a coach on one of my coaches uh, from from football when I was younger, but he's like kind of a mentor. He was, he's a counselor as well. That's something he, he said, and he talked about like, uh, um, the importance of making connections. Cause he's like a coach and he does all this stuff and, um, mm-hmm. really connects with a lot of people. He's kind of like a staple of the community. He talks about, uh, making connections with people and the importance of that. And that saying the gift is to the giver. And he was just saying like, when I, um, when I go down to the field and I'm, I'm coaching these kids and it's like, um, there's a real solid connection there, like a bridge to that other person. And we we both know we can walk across, like he can message me and be like, coach, I want to work on something. And I'd be like, all right, what time do you want to work on it? You know? Um, and like seeing people he's coached 15 years later, like I'm 10 years later and I, I still go visit him. It's like, yeah. you can't, that feeling, you can't replace that with money. No. You can't buy that feeling. Um, but like to that point, I think that we get a lot out of that. We get a lot out of out of giving and a lot of connection. Yes, we do. And I and I, I I do I haven't actually heard of that, the gift is to the giver, but I absolutely love it. And it is um we go out there to help others, but it's us who, as you said, gets the gift and gets the healing and gets perspective in life and gets connection. Um, And that's what's so beautiful about it because when we go out there with no agenda, no intentions, just just allow me to help and I'm here to help, that's us vulnerable with our guards down just looking, you know, creating connection and just looking how we can help um, to others. And I've heard um, someone say, if you, um, if money doesn't make you, uh, if money doesn't make you happy, you haven't given it, you haven't given enough of it away. Mm. And it's that same thing. Yeah. So whatever it is you're doing, thinking about how you can help others, that will bring you happiness more than you've ever, more than you've ever imagined. Yeah, I think it's like fulfillment on some level, you know, because it's like, it's the kind of happiness that doesn't go away. Like if you really help someone change their life, like you must feel this. It's like, and you, maybe you see them later after you guys don't work together anymore or you see the progress and it's like, man. And then you just think about like, you know, they did the work, you to small, maybe you've helped facilitate it, but you just think about like how that will impact the rest of their life. And it's like, that's just, that just gives you a feeling that can't be replaced with anything else. Absolutely. You, I've, uh, I've recently had a, um, a client and I've, um, we sort of, um, we finished up, we kind of, we go from, um, we space them out in terms of sessions. So um, in terms of frequency, 
Um, and when you get to that last stage, stage of spacing out, um, and we look back at you know the first sessions and how they were, and um, now they're able to do their own, I guess, therapy and talk through the issues themselves and things like that. And I love that's the favorite part of my session that you know look how much growth there was there, and look at you know everything that you've done up and you know until now. And I mean, that, that's just, and it's an amazing feeling. And to be able to do that for people every day is just the best feeling. Awesome. It's an awesome job. Yes, it's, it's very cool. Okay. Um, I'm just trying to think, like you mentioned um, like self-esteem being being a big piece, a big common theme that you see over and over again? Yeah, absolutely. I'm just trying to think of like a question, maybe if someone's watching, like, is there, maybe for a person that's like in that position where they are, uh, let's say pushing it off, but they might not know it. Um, you know, so they're doing all the things. What would you say would be like some some key identifiers to be like, okay, there's there might be something here that's worth looking at? Um, I would say pick an area of your life, whether it be relationship, money, career, health, whatever, uh, relationship with parents or whatever it is. And so the one that kind of um, is on your mind the most, the one that gives you the most stress and thinking about that situation and the feelings that are associated when you think of that. Um, have you felt them before? Have you been here before? Have you fought this battle before? And chances are it's always a yes. Because we repeat our patterns constantly and it may be with a different person and it may be um, a different scenario but the feelings the emotions the battle it's always the same and chances are once you identify that that you will be repeating it in different areas of your life or uh, again it's so we're not necessarily focusing on the action on the doing on the story I'm not talking about the emotion, the stuff that keeps you down, the stuff that brought you, you know, makes you feel stressed or anxious or depressed. You've been here before. And that's an indicator that this is not the first time you felt it. And then if you go back, you may go back. And I also felt, you know, in, in, in within relationships as well, you know, I also felt in that relationship and that relationship and that relationship and relationship with my parents and this and that, you know, um, and that's kind of an indicator to start thinking about, all right, there's, there's something there, you know, there's, this is something for me to work with now, because now I'm noticing, and that's also, it's a very good thing because it also creates awareness for you now, um, because through our um, rat race, through our running, 
we really don't have awareness of what we're feeling, what's going on. We have an awareness that something's up because we feel the stress and we, you know, we see the side effects, we see the symptoms, but we don't know why. So thinking about our patterns and um, how, you, how you lived through this before, this feeling, this emotion, this battle, so creating awareness around that, that can give you a, an idea to start somewhere. Right. Right. I really like that. I really like that. Um, especially with like the, the patterns. Like from what I've seen, I think that's even in my own life, I think that's so true. Like it's kind of a mind blowing thing when you think about like, Oh, this is kind of how it started. I mean, when you start to dig into it and then it's like, it's just patterns and patterns of this, me playing this out over and over again. Yeah. Very interesting. A hundred percent. Yeah. And um, I've certainly uh, had it in my life. Um, I've, when I first started, and especially you can see it when you start something because mm. you can see the fear, the everything, you know, when you move to a new job or you move to a new school or something's new in your life. Um, you can certainly see it then that, you know, when I started my own private practice and even when I started moving my business more to an online space, I have a, a course coming out and that's brand new for me. I've never done it on this capacity, you know, worldwide. And, and you know, so I've always had this fear of, um, not not being smart enough and mm. and I, although i've dealt with it before it always some somehow so obviously i haven't dealt with it you know enough um it always comes up and it um and then i go back and i was like in you know in that job i was trying to prove that i was smart enough. and with that person i was trying to prove i'm smart enough. and you know in in a conversation i would you know that this feeling i've kind of felt it all my life um, uh, you know, and it's I, it's that pattern that you know it's it's just always there. It keeps coming back because we do have this feeling, and it's like that ball that I was trying to uh, that I was telling you before. It just it, it wants to jump up. You know, it, it keeps jumping up. When you push it down, it's like nope, I'm here. And if you push it down, and nope, I'm here. <laughs> so, and what we resist persists, and. Um, I hopefully hopefully healed that emotional that with it, and then if I haven't, that's okay as well. I'll keep working on it. I'll keep dealing with it, and um, that's my journey and um, my place to learn to stay humble. Are you into mindfulness meditation, um, even like yourself, or or with? with clients is that something that you've worked on yes i'm a very i'm very big on meditation i love it um meditation is um it's you know it's it, it does it does the healing for you not everything but it does a lot it creates concentration and and i absolutely um love it, it creates that awareness and um the idea of sitting with it comes from meditation. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's what made me think of it. Um, like the whole idea of mindfulness meditation of, uh, like sitting and observing your thoughts without judgment, like without judgment is a big piece. Um, I think that's, that's huge. And it's, it's really hard to do. Um, and I think for most people, it would be, I, I find myself like there's been times I really was good at it. And then other times, like for whatever reason, lately I have resistance to it where I like the judgment keeps coming in. But I think, um, I think that's huge. Like being able to, to really sit with, sit with it and, and observe and not, not judge what you're thinking or how are you feeling? Yes. And I do want to give you, um, I want to give you something in terms of that. The, so the pain that we were talking about and in everything usually being for, formed in childhood now to get a bit geeky and psychological. Um, so our, um, zero to they say seven eight so it's, it's a little bit different for everyone else in terms of the brain development but somewhere between we usually say eight years give or take a few years um on each side that's kind of like our primitive brain in, in its um we absorb everything but we really lack um rationalization so we can't rationalize what's happening and so we just absorb everything in and when I talk about self-belief, I usually say find to find your self-belief because I, I, I believe if you look at a baby, um, it has absolutely, it does not think I'm not enough. It does not think mm. I'm not worthy. Yeah. It, it absolutely wants love. And for anyone who has a baby or has a child, you know that, you know, when it's hungry, it'll cry. It, it doesn't care if it's going to disrupt anyone. You know, mm -hmm. if it's happy, it'll laugh. You know, that those emotions, they're just expressed in the moment without any guilt, without any attachment to it. And the moment that whatever it is they're going through is dealt with, it's gone. So, um, and I do believe we always had that belief within ourselves that we are enough, that we are worthy, that, that voice, that authentic self, we always had that. Mm. It's just throughout those primitive years, we we lose it or, you know, it gets taken away. We get um, society, parents, whatever happens in our life, trauma shapes us, takes away a little bit. Everybody takes away a little bit and then whatever's left with, we start repeating those patterns. And, and Different theories and different theorists and different um, cultures call it a different thing, call it ego, inner child, um, whatever it is that you want to call it. The idea of your decisions and everything that you that you are today was created for you to protect yourself as a child. So if you were allowed by nature and somebody told you to stay quiet, and constantly told you to stay quiet. And there was consequences when you weren't quiet. You will learn to stay quiet as a way to protect yourself. Yeah. The harder the consequence, usually the faster you learn. But the thing is, in your essence, your authentic self is loud. You want to speak. You want to sing. You want to perform or whatever it is. Yeah. 
So when you are judging or when you're looking at those thoughts with judgment, thinking of it as in, in Eastern philosophy or ego or an inner child, it was there to protect itself. And the reason why you made that decision was you thought that was the best way to protect yourself. Mm. And it takes away that guilt and shame and um, because that's what we're judging on, right? Um, what will others think? I'm ashamed, I'm guilty, you know? So again, it's um, when we add the judgment, we're repeating again, probably something that someone told us that stuck with us. Wow. So yeah. when we're sitting with it, we're meditating and we're watching the thoughts go by and we're thinking about something we did and we're like, ooh, like, okay, but I did that because my inner child, my ego thought that was the best way to protect itself and how much pain must it, that child felt to think that was the best way to protect itself. Mm -hmm. So coming from a place of compassion and love. Yeah. Opposed to judgment. Be, yeah, that will be the antidote to the judgment. Wow. That's really good advice. I really like how you broke that down. Um, <clears throat> did you ever read the book... Um, the surrender experiment by the way no i haven't no it's a cool one recommend it um it's about uh it's about meditation um and kind of this guy's life and how he implemented it and then once he did everything kind of changed his life and he had a crazy life story and uh mm -hmm. it's actually like his real life story but um he talks about in the it, the way he broke it down really clicked for me and like he's he talked about just being aware that there was a voice in his head one day that might sound kind of silly but just like just you know using maybe his early 20s he just kind of realized like there's this constant chatter in my brain all the time and then he um started reading all these books and and you know this was like i think it was maybe 70s or something so it was kind of hard to find stuff like it is today and he found i forget what book it was a biography of a yogi or something there's some some book about um meditation and talked about the voice in his head mm -hmm. and basically um the way it breaks it down is like understanding that you are not the voice in your head you are the one that that watches and observes the voice in your head because someone is listening to that voice right yes and then the divine self or the true self or the um i almost yeah or whatever you want to call it the one that i think of it as like intuition mm -hmm. like the one that um the one that knows like you have all these thoughts like, oh, this is going to work out. But then the one that knows like, okay, this I'll actually be fine. I'll know I'll be fine. Or like, mm -hmm. I think I should go this way right now. I think I should do this now. It's like that, that, that voice in your head. And that's like your, your, your real self, your true self. 
I think that distinction really made sense for me. Um, but to be able to um, come at it from that place of like, you're just the one that observes the voice. And, yes. and then from that, there's like the, the lack of attachment where we think like for so long, I thought like these, like all this stuff is going to my head. Like that's me. And I got to work through that or somehow and it's like, that's just like, that's not me. That's just the dialogue. Yeah. Right. That was a huge thing for me. I found. Yeah. I love, I love that story. And I love how that broke it down. A hundred percent. If you, there's usually, now that you say this, there's three voices, but the, the two voices that we hear often is, I guess, the voice of reason mm. and the voice which we don't, uh, um, we don't notice or we don't have conscious awareness of. So, for example, if I ask you, you know, let's go bungee jumping or something, you know, there's the voice in your head that will go, oh, yeah, let's, you know, let's do it. But then, then there's something else that if you're fearful of heights or something like that, that will make you go, ooh, you know, do I really want to go? Like, what am I saying yes to it? And, and things like that. Um, and that voice, if you sit with it long enough and if you listen to it, again, without judgment, I just, you know, in exploration, you'll actually start repeating the words that someone else has told you. Mm. And it's, you know, so if you're being fearful and what, you know, um, and I asked you to go bungee jumping with me or something like that, you, you, you won't do it right or you won't, um, you know, you're not strong enough for that or you're not decent for that or you're not, you know. So those, that's, that's the voice. And it's, as I said, we don't often give it, it's the one that runs our life, but we don't often want to listen to it. Um, and that voice of intuition is our authentic self. Mm. And it's kind of like, um, and it's a feeling I have, and you can tell me whether you have the same feeling. Um, it's kind of like you're going through life, but you feel like something has your back. It, it, you, you almost feel protected in a way. And whether it's, um, I believe in myself and I believe that whatever happens in life, I will handle it no matter, you know, no matter how stressful it is and whatever life throws at me, I will handle it. I will find a way out. And whether that gives me comfort and feels like I'm okay, I'm safe, or whether it's that intuition, but it's something if you feel very comfortable, very safe, and very liberated. Do you have the same? Yes, yes. It, it's like the, in terms of, like I kind of missed like the, the first part. So in terms of that, in terms of that voice that you have, that's the narrative that it tells you. The narrative that it tells you is that like, I can get through whatever life throws at me and I know that I'll be okay. Um, yes, that's that. In, 
you know, I guess a part of that third voice, that intuition or mm-hmm. um, yes. So um, it's not necessarily positive. It's just it's just in the present moment, in whatever it is now. And that's where I find it, in the present moment. Yes. No, I, I 100% relate to, to how you just described it there. It's like, because I think of it like, um like the anxiety and the fear that comes up of like you especially see it when maybe you're nervous for something right so maybe you are starting like a new thing or you're trying to put yourself out there to do something and um or whatever in life that you may be nervous about there's like at least i find in my mind i'm sure lots of people can relate to this like your mind starts going crazy of all the things that will go wrong and all the things that maybe you're maybe you're not prepared maybe you're not smart enough maybe you don't feel like you'll be a failure whatever this whatever and maybe a combination of all so but then there's that that third voice like you say or the intuition voice of the true self is just like calm and um on a deep level it's like i'm gonna be okay yeah and i'll I know I'll be okay. And I think the more that you connect to that voice and your intuition, and maybe even I suspect had to rely upon it, like maybe going through hard times that that just gets like strengthened where it's like, I, I know, like I've been there. Like, that's something that I really realized going through all that stuff. Um, just what I went through, like my own like journey, but it's just like, you can go to hell. Like I can go to hell and then I'll, I can make it through hell my own health yes yeah and that's when i guess um when we start because everything i everything happens for a reason now to get a little bit more um spiritual i guess um everything I, i believe everything happens for a reason a lot of times we can't see that reason you know we want to go to side a and we think that's the best side that will take us and then something happens and it takes us to be and you know and we may be feeling angry because we couldn't do it the way i thought about it or, or something so we attached ourselves to the result because we thought that result will help us with whatever it is that we're dealing with you know mm. it's kind of like it's going to be this amazing thing and then it didn't happen and now life's back Mm-hmm. Um, and then the more we go through life and if you think about your life now you probably kind of go oh, that happened for a reason it was mm-hmm. terrible and but it happened it, it, it almost like it needed to happen mm-hmm. um, and that again gives that and when you can get to that place it again gives um that intuition and that i'll be okay voice a bit more strength because you start trusting life that Mm. okay i want to go a life's taking me to b we'll go with b a is no longer an option it's either you know i i and that's okay then i'm going to go with b i'm sure b you know b has a better something for me is there that I need to be there. Right. Right. 
It, that's funny because that's exactly what like the main theme of that book, their surrender experiment. Um, one of the quotes I really like from it, it was just like realizing that I was not in charge, but life was in charge. Yes. Like the surrender experiment, surrendering to the flow of life. Yes. It's um, for anyone who likes reading and if it's not heavy, it, well, it is, it's deep reading. Um, if you read the, the way of the Tao, it is that, so in a, in a sense, it's very short, uh, but it's a bit poetic. And so you have to dig the meaning out of each verse and what it means. But it's that um, being like a river, you know, a, a river just flows. If there's something in a way, it just flows around it, you know, without stopping, without you know, it just keeps flowing and it shapes itself around its obstacles. And um, through time, it takes away those obstacles because any rocks or anything like that, if the current becomes strong enough, it can, you know, turn it into sand um, or smaller rock or, you know, whatever it is. And it's just, you know, this way of flowing through life. And it's not, and I guess that's the next level, you know, um, going from negative to positive and it's not about staying positive it's just about accepting as is the present moment and and i call it just being human it's you know because all of us are in a way either trying to control a situation because we think that's the best way to deal with it or we don't we're trying to escape a feeling so if i control it enough i won't get that feeling or we turn into, you know, everything's great, everything's amazing, life's amazing, and it absolutely is. But sometimes it isn't. And sometimes there's a lot of hardship. But that's okay as well. And you will get through that as well. And then good things will come and bad things and whatever, because life is not all amazing. I mean, we could be on top of the world and we lose someone. And, you know, there was no way to control that. Right. Hmm. I think it goes back to like the, the place of looking at it without judgment and not trying to cling on and control it. And they're very similar things. Like when you're thinking back to something and you're trying and you're judging it, it's like you're almost like shutting it down, trying to hide from it. And then in life too, when you have this certain idea of how life should be, and then when it's not that, it's like being able to look at all of it without judgment. Yes. And that's that's the challenge. But if you rise up to the challenge, it's it's very rewarding. And um, to get to that, I think a lot of time, especially people who have experienced trauma, a lot of time it's that trauma that holds us back because it really does run our life, especially for someone who has experienced trauma in childhood. It really shapes our brain and 
um, so it's you know it's a very important tool that we're talking about before healing those wounds and working through whatever needs working through and pardon me, keep going at your growth and then you'll get to this place that we're talking about now this place of um I guess balance it feels balanced and you feel protected and you feel safe um and again there's chaos in the here absolutely and there's you know there's everything but it's a place without um, you're not attached to anything or anyone, but you're connected. And there's freedom in that. And there's freedom in, and so um, you are okay with being whoever it is you are and making whatever decisions you're making and making mistakes and um, just being whatever it is that you want to be. And a lot of people aren't that, you know, they are who life shaped them to be or who someone else wants them to be. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people, because you hear this so often, again, we talk about either midlife crisis or, you know, I'm going to find myself. And and that's that, you know, I'm, that's who you're looking for. When you're finding yourself, that's what you're trying to find. Right. Right. The authentic self. Yep. Yeah. That makes so much sense. Everything was so good when we were babies. Oh. Screwed it all up. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then. Um... Life happened and our parents and society, I, I think um, even, again, for those who experienced trauma, they just, they did the best they could with what they had. And that can be really hard, for, you know, for some people to accept because some, you know, some people didn't have the greatest parents. Um, and that really impacted on who they are today. Um, and I certainly see that a lot, you know, I see them not being the greatest parents they could be today and not when they were certainly children. Um, and I guess just remembering that everyone has their own story, everyone has their own pain, everyone has their own life. And we're all just doing the best what we best we can with what we have. And we can only focus on ourselves and thinking about how can I, where, where and how can I learn, educate, um, whatever it is, so that I can have more to give? I love that. Thank you so much for uh, coming on today, Venya. Thank you for having me. That was an amazing conversation. It was. I really enjoyed it. Um, anything you'd like to add, I guess, maybe before we um, before we wrap up and um, let people know where we can find you? Anything you'd like to add? 
Yeah, so I'm on Facebook, Instagram, um, and YouTube, or just go to my website, www.vanyaberic.com. Um, I have a lot of stuff on there with what we just talked about and um, how to heal. And um, I have a course coming out very soon. And you can pre-register for that. And um, it's all about what we just talked about, so self-healing um, and finding that authentic self and um, finding the belief in yourself so that you, you can feel that liberty and that freedom because I think that's what we all, I think that's what we all want in life, to feel that liberty and freedom without I think all of us at some point in their life felt like we're in a box or you know constrained or in shackles um and finding that freedom is the best thing in the world right that's beautiful I love that yeah I think that's very true I think a lot of people feel like that yeah yeah I've certainly seen it in so many clients and I've certainly felt it myself um and whether it's society, school, parents, it, it, it really doesn't matter. Um, but we all certainly felt like we have to be a certain way, um, be certain people, feel like we're not enough, you know, and then and some of us, and again, I've certainly felt this as well, you know, once I get there, then I won't feel like this. Or once I do this, then I won't feel like this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought, you know, once I get married, I won't feel like this. And once I have children, I won't feel like this. And none of it worked. <laughs> right. Right. And, you know, and because um, we think that there is something at, at the end of whatever. But um, the only way to get there is through, through healing and just you know, you doing it for yourself and not, no one else. Right. Yeah, I I, uh, I definitely relate with that. I had this post the other day. Um, I was just talking about like, just that, like we often think there's like, oh, I'll fix this and then I won't have to deal with it anymore. Um, mm-hmm. And I just was talking about like, I, I just woke up like this past Sunday, had a rough day for whatever reason kind of got back to like all a bunch of old feelings, all this stuff. And then um, I was at like this community garden. It's like a bit of a story. And uh, this old lady just came up. Like I was sitting down like by this bar and she just came up and uh, I just kind of got up, started a conversation. And then the last thing she said was like, have a great day. It's a beautiful day kind of thing. And it was really nice. And then that just like snapped me. And I was like, okay, I got to make this better day. And then I did a bunch mm-hmm. of things. like wrote some stuff down, went to the beach, did all this stuff, spent time with people. Um, but I think like we often think of it like, oh, it's we're gonna fix it and then it's gonna be it's like I'm gonna I'm gonna fix my bone that broke and then and then I'll not, it won't be broken anymore. But it's like uh I, I think of it like that just like the your toolbox grows, your resilience grows, you grow as a person. It's not necessarily that you won't have bad days, but the the window between like falling off the horse and getting back in the horse becomes like much smaller 
opposed to like yeah. maybe it would have been six months yeah. and then it was like you know a month a couple of weeks and now it's like maybe a few hours and i'm right back to where i was yeah and um i certainly feel it now i guess because you can catch yourself earlier and you can bring yourself back um quicker that it the fall doesn't seem as hard or as heavy um and that's you know the beauty of it um because again i don't want people you know well, why am i doing this i'm always going to have to keep working at it mm. you know as i said yeah. There, yeah. there's gratification in working through whatever you know every little bit there's yes. you know that little bit of freedom in every little bit and then as you the more you do it again as you said falling off a course can get back on much quicker the fall doesn't seem that hard and heavy um it, and it kind of um i don't know about you but you know you don't dwell on oh why did i fall it doesn't you know it, yeah. i just fell and now i'm back yeah. home and that's all that matters yeah yeah and that's a good point like with the fall not feeling as hard because it's definitely like like that bad day or that bad few hours was nothing compared to like the bad day before like it's not even comparable yeah. to the same thing and it's almost like so in tune with that voice where it's like or the i guess you could just call it you're so in tune with experiencing it it's like okay this isn't like it doesn't feel like the end of the world or the world's breaking it's just like you know i'm just down for a minute and then um and then you can hop back on yeah and that's the part of life because if you didn't have that that lady's words wouldn't have had such an impact and they were full words mm. so we do need to fall every now and again to appreciate what it's like to stay on and mm. to appreciate and stay grateful for everything else because how would you know what happiness is if you don't know what sadness is mm. how would you appreciate people in your life if you never lost anyone mm. yeah so yeah and, they're part of life and they're necessary mm -hmm. 100 it's like the uh appreciating the light um how can you really if you never seen the darkness yes yeah because if it's if all you've seen is light then that's all you know then you expect that everyone else to see light mm -hmm. so you don't put any appreciation into it because that's just kind of like a given it's always going to be light have you, uh, I feel like we could talk for a long time, but have, you, <laughs> have you heard in the, the uh, like, I don't know if you heard of it, it's called like shadow work or like dark psychology? Uh, I've heard of it, yes. Um, I haven't delved too much into it, but again, I think it's, um, from my understanding, it's just another word or version of ego or inner child or... Mm. Uh, you know, in, in CBT, which is, I guess, the, the psychological most um, 
researched um, theory is um, that poor feeling. So mm -hmm. it's all about that. Um, from what I understand it, it's kind of like that ego side of things. Yeah, 100%. And I imagine it's definitely like that. Um, there's this workbook I'm going through. It's just like 100 days of, of healing. It's called shadow work. So it's like dark psychology and it's definitely related to everything you just said but it's like uh there's just questions in it like what's what's your worst trait and why and mm. questions like questions like that are like what's the thing you regret the most or um just questions that you don't really want to answer <laughs> yes yeah i love that but uh, uh I found huge benefit in that. Um, I guess the whole idea is like, I guess it's the same thing as what we've been talking about, right? Like facing the uh, the monsters. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's kind of like, what's the worst thing that you, what are the worst things you see about yourself what what are the triggers for me what makes me anxious and why what are my worst traits what makes me angry so all kinds of fun questions. I, <laughs> I go at it um whenever i am feeling anything but what we talked about that um that present moment if i raise my voice or i get angry or you know whatever it is um once i'm past that i'm always going i always go back to what was it about that moment or about that situation that makes me think that i need to raise my voice to feel heard or i need to say it that way to feel heard you know, or you know mm -hmm. whatever it is what is it about that that makes me think that's the best way to handle it? Or what is it about that situation that makes me feel that feeling? I think that's, that's big. Like just that, the way of putting it, like what, like feel heard. Yeah. You know, and if you think about that, like what triggers me to want to feel heard and then when you dig into that, it's like, when have I not felt heard? Yes. Yeah. And that's um, because if we don't feel heard, let's say we don't feel heard first time, we have a reaction. It's usually not big. And then the second time and then the third time. And then comes the hundredth time. And then we're screaming, right? Because I'm, I'm not just screaming for the hundredth time. I'm screaming for all the 99 times before that has happened and nobody has responded in a way that I think they've, you know, that I've made me, they made me feel like I'm, I'm feeling heard or seen on so. So that's where um, I, if you think about it even, so if you create that enough of, of that awareness where you're just thinking about um, even like, and for example, like with my um, husband or my daughter, you know, like that's the easiest way to pick at it, pick at it, you know, um, if I'm giving him attitude or anything like that. 
I am stopping it at maybe the fifth time as opposed to waiting to the hundredth time. Right. So creating more and more of that awareness where it doesn't have to be big. It Mm. can be slight. But I'm always monitoring myself to think about what am I feeling? What, you know, what was that about? Mm. Okay, he might have been annoying or she might have not been listening or whatever it is. But my thing in the world or my mission for myself is always to portray kindness and that wasn't kindness. So obviously something made me think that that was the best way to get something out of them. Right. I'm just thinking about people listening to this, like maybe the person that's like the person that kind of like, you know, let's say just like the average person, like pushing stuff off. And we're just talking about like analyzing ourselves, like all the time. They're just like, Jesus Christ. I just want to go to work and come home and drink beer. And I don't know what else (laughs) I watch TV, watch Netflix and whatever. Yeah. Especially when someone has done something, and if it doesn't have to be big, it is so easy. And again, this is part of our rat race. It's so easy to put the blame on someone else. Mm. And, you know, because every time when I ask, and I, um, and especially when it comes to couples, let's mm. say one of them was unfaithful. And that's the reason they come to me, you know. So um, either separately or together, you know, I cheated they cheated, whatever it is, and what do I do now? Do I stay? Do I go? What do I do? And let's say they decide to stay. And obviously at some point, um, I would see them together and um, separately as well. And we start off with this this thing that they come for, so infidelity. Um, And as we start digging, we spend about, depending on, you know, let's say five or six sessions on infidelity or something like that. And then comes something else and then something else and then something else and then by the 10th session nobody even cares about the infidelity now we're talking about how i don't feel fed and how you don't help around the house and um how you're always moody and you know this and that and that and that's kind of our life as well that we always think it's someone else and it's always you know because they've done this one thing or they've done that or but when we are thinking about others, we're at mercy to them. Because if they feel good, then I can feel good. And if they feel bad, then what's left for me to do? They feel bad. And obviously, we can't change anyone else, no matter how hard we try. You know, it, it, it's everyone has their own journey. So thinking about in every situation, no matter what the other person has done, what was my role in it? Mm. Yes, there's a story and we can deal with the story, but let me first deal with me. Yeah. Like the individual responsibility. Yes. What? Yeah. What was my role? And then if they both take that, if both parties take that um, role, or initiative or mindset what was my role in this it be, i think like it comes to like a it can then come to a place where you can actually start to work from it where it, instead of like you did this no you did this 
It's all about what you did. Yeah. Yeah, because if you're shifting blame, as you said, there's nothing to work with. Mm. And when people ask me what's the number one secret to a relationship or what's the one thing, you know, and usually people say communication, but I I say it's self-growth because we can talk about things. I don't know whether this is just an Aussie saying or, uh, but we can talk about things till the cows come home. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> that's Canadian tando. Okay. <laughs> um, but it's still, if we're just going back and forth on the story and on the same thing, we're really not talking about anything. Yeah. 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 I mean, like you can, there's communication. It goes back to like what we were talking about in the first place, too. It's like, They have to be listening. They have to understand. They have to be coming at it from like, yeah, like self-growth is what good way to put it. Like a place of like humbleness. Like what can I do? What it, what it was my role? Like how can we actually fix this? We're both coming at it from that angle opposed to like, you can just spat at each other and be like, you should do this. I should do this. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah. But to come from it from a place of like of that, we need to put our defenses down. And for us to put our defenses down, we need to feel safe. And then for us to feel safe, we need to have do that healing, do that work, and do you know that okay, might get a bit tumultuous now, but then I'm gonna heal that as well. And I'm gonna, you know, that's another thing for me to work through. Um, because we can't have an honest conversation or have that deep conversation if we're not vulnerable with each other and if our defenses are up because everything you say is going to bounce off of my defense yes right um this might be kind of like a big big kind of general question but i'd be curious to think of your thoughts on this like i think about this sometimes like specifically with relationships because of just what we're talking about right now and then maybe like the 50 whatever 50 percent divorce rate that mm. is the reality but also mental health in general um and how common it is do you think there's like something missing in society in some place whether that's in school or maybe that's like some spiritual practice maybe it's something where um like people need a i mean that could help on like kind of a mass scale like it seems like people need a framework for this stuff or need to be taught this earlier like even how to to do this work in yourself and I think that would really help with the relationships, but also how to like actually communicate in the right way and to um, manage relationships and to, to do all this stuff. Like, it just seems like there's a, there's a huge gap somewhere. And I don't, I don't know, like if it's the same in every culture, but I just, I just, I mean, I live in North America, uh, uh, Australia is, and it's all like the same kind of stuff. Yeah. I'm curious your thoughts, if you have any. Yeah, I mean, certainly it, it would be something that would be beneficial in um, in schools, even if we don't take it 
And if we don't act upon it now, it's a tool that we have that when things get tough, I can draw up on all. Oh, I remember that in school, we talked about that, or, you know, it just, it's enough to plant that seed. Mm. And then when we're ready, we can water it. Mm. I think majority of the time, um, in terms of our emotions, the people that actually influence us are the people that are closest to us. So usually our family members or our caregivers or whatever it is. Um, and I, I work with people in terms of uh, conscious parenting. And it's about um, when I have a toddler, she's, you know, so three-year-old. And um, they, they have a lot of tantrums. It's just, you know, nothing's, there's just a point where nothing goes right. Um, it's usually because they're tired or hungry or something like that. Um, and dealing with those tantrums, meltdowns, in, you know, in anyone who has a teenager as well, I'm sure, and I've heard this often, they have tantrums as well. Um, it's just in a different level when you're a teenager. Um, and dealing again with your emotions in terms of that, so not just calming yourself, but if you have reacted to that emotion, going back to what we talked about before about um, what was it about that situation that I felt like I needed to handle it that way. And us being okay with our emotions and mirroring it then to our children, oftentimes we try not to fight with our partners. Um, and I'm not saying we should be blow out in front of children, but we try not to cry, which, you know, mommy's okay, mom, you know. And again, um, thinking about what message we are sending to our children with our actions. We tell our children, and most parents tell, um, say this, that you can be anything. If you put your mind to it, you can be anything. But yet we didn't believe that for ourselves. Right. So I think it has to start with parenting. So um, yeah, right. Because that, that's where we that's where we learn our emotions before we even hit school. That's that's where majority of our lessons are. Um, because you would find it that for every person listening that um, your emotions are usually um, a replica of one of your parents or, you know, a mashup of your parents or guardians or whoever you had close to you um, or you're trying to be completely different to one of your parents but it's still you're still portraying the same emotion but it's the actions you know so if one of your parents was really loud you know you're trying to stay really quiet but then hating loud <laughs> so it's kind of like the same you know the same thing same but opposite um so whether the parents get educated or any kind of like a um i saw that meme um on social media where the you know the grandfather goes you know to the father the old great grandfather goes to the father you're worthless and then the the grandfather goes to the father you're worthless and then the father goes to the child i love you mm -hmm. yeah i and love that one breaking that pattern mm. you know right there so 
at whatever age you are, at whatever stage you are at, um, you know, um, doing that work, if not for us, then for our children. Right. Right. I love that. The parents. I think, uh, I think we'll end it there. I think we could talk all night, <laughs> anywhere, all morning where I am. <laughs> almost 11. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I really enjoyed this, Vanya. And I appreciate you coming on and um, chatting through all this stuff. Thank you so much for having me on. I, I set myself enjoyed it to our <laughs> conversation. <laughs> so um, maybe just quickly again, uh, VanyaBarrick.com. That's where I can find you. Yes. Um, definitely go check her out if you'd like some help. And uh, I want to say thanks again for coming on. Thank you. Thank you so much. And uh, oh, wait, you actually have a podcast coming out soon as well. So that'll probably be on your website. Yes, absolutely. So everything uh, that'll be on my website is called Radiant Woman. And it's just what we talked about now. So, and it's other amazing people in the world doing amazing things and um it's from us to learn um to listen to their story to learn from them to learn on what they have to say it's you know from health from physical health to mental health to relationships everything parenting so um it's yeah it's all about you know how how can i serve people how can i help others in whatever way i can i think this is one of my ways all right that's awesome all right go check that out guys thanks so much Fenya. thank Talk you, you later.